Again, the same caveat here that this story does deal with depression and plans of suicide. Anachutes by Dean Peterson. Chapter 2. It would only be a couple more weeks until the makeup gunnery range for those like myself who had failed to qualify. On qualification day, before the sun was out, Specialist Jenkins, the arms room guy, would hand me my weapon at the portal of the arms room door. After that, I'd have hours alone in the morning darkness with my rifle. Every night I covered myself in black and continued to run through the relentless fog. I had written everyone and everything off, and I only showed up to work to avoid suspicion or the distraction of some stupid army disciplinary action. Most of the time I'd imagine putting the rifle to my head and getting rid of all of this garbage in my life. However, sometimes my thoughts were haunted by the girl who I'd seen in the fog. How lonely she looked silently sprinting over the asphalt and gravel alone in the dark. I broke from the asphalt road and ran into the woods, finding an old log inundated by shaggy moss. I reached into my sock and pulled out the cling-wrapped peanut butter cookie I'd pilfered from the cafeteria. I set it on the old dead tree, hoping the unnatural flashiness of the plastic wrap might catch her eye. I was sure the running girl probably was in fact the fugitive Russian, desperate for food and shelter, so I left these offerings for her. I figured anyone in that state deserved to have something to eat. It felt good to do something nice, even though most of the time I felt terrible. Going deeper into the trees, I came to a clearing with a rocky overhang I'd been to before. An apple, oranges, and cookies set like connect the dots on the bent spine of the overhang. A horde of ants had penetrated the cellophane of the cookies and left them in crumbs. I sat down and quickly wished I hadn't. The wet moss, growing like a mane of slimy hair, quickly spread its dampness through the seat of my sweats. Earlier that day, while the other guys on Rear D had spent the afternoon looking for pictures of famous people, or naked people, or both, in the computer center, I spent mine looking for dead ones. I typed in phrases like gunshot wound, head, and suicide gun into Google's image search. It was such an ugly thing to leave behind. The gaping jaw, the rolled up eyes, the splatter spray of red and gray matter, the sneakers or feet pointing calmly skyward, as if unaware of what was happening upstairs. I pictured my own tan suede combat boots, toes up, slightly canted outward as I lay on my back forever. I had hoped to die in battle, to be one of the young and clean-shaven flashed on the news for five seconds with old glory behind them, then to be forgotten forever. Now this would be the closest thing. I pulled my foot up from where it dangled over the ledge. It felt like an icebox down there, and I was shocked at the chill grating on my skin as I rubbed my ankle. I glanced over the ledge, half expecting to see one of those little window-mounted air conditioners given the frigidness. Instead, I saw a plume of icy vapor slowly spew from the void like exhaled smoke. An old memory skittered across the edges of my mind. I was a little boy in Superman flannel pajamas with an aching bladder who needed to pee so bad, but I couldn't bring myself to place my foot on the cold floor in easy reach of what was under the bed. Don't you dare lend it an ankle or other convenient handle to be sucked down under the bed forever. I crouched low on the tufts of moss and strained my ears for sound. Again, a faint waft of something crystalline and silvery in the dark puffed beneath me. I slid down the side of the rock, cradling the edge in a half-hug, and held my breath as I swung my face towards the void. Two wide eyes stared back at me from the darkness. That pale skin glowed. Thick curly brown hair wreathed her face, and her big brown eyes were fixed wide in terror at something in the distance. It was the Russian. I fought the urge to glance over my shoulder to see what was hiding in the woods, waiting for her. Her chest was heaving from breathing hard, and icy billows of breath sprayed between her fingers that covered her gaping mouth. You okay? I finally whispered, not liking how my voice sounded thin and high all of a sudden. She said nothing. Alles good? 
I offered in what I thought was German. I didn't know any Russian. Her eyes traveled from that fixed point in the tree line down to my own. They softened slightly with a look of skeptical confusion. Du bist okay? I tried. She watched my lips move. You speak English? I asked, feeling like I should get out of there, but knowing I wouldn't leave her alone. She continued to stare at me like an alien. Then she slowly nodded. I shot a glance into the woods behind me, not wanting to take my eyes off her, but worried about what might be out there. The trees were still and quiet. I heard no footfalls on the dead leaves in the darkness. Is somebody bothering you? She continued to regard me with uncertainty before asking, How do you see me? She had a strong accent. I squinted in confusion. She was high or crazy. It wasn't something lost in translation. Who's after you? I asked. Still scanning the woods, she sighed. My father. I turned again to scan the dark woods, the stillness of the fog. Nothing moved. No sounds came. She slid out from the void under the overhang and began to move in the opposite direction of whatever bothered her out there. I brought you some food, I called. I don't eat, she said flatly while making her way past me. She picked her way noiselessly over the dead leaves toward the edge of the clearing, still barefoot in the same nightgown, then disappeared into the woods. A vague memory touched me, something about feeling flat-footed and uncomfortable in my own skin at a junior high dance after being rejected. She was crazy, I thought to myself that night as I lay on the bed in my cold room with a dead radiator. How do you see me? The question bounced around in my brain. How could her father be after her? There were no families on the tiny base where I was stationed. It was just for single soldiers. I kept wanting to dismiss her as the hours crept by before formation, but in the end I could only think of those thin, long, white fingers she held over her mouth, her smooth alabaster skin, the wild explosion of brown hair, and her sad eyes. For the first time in many nights, I didn't think about my bullet or miss rolling it between my fingers. Instead, I thought about her. I just wanted to thank you for listening. I hope you had a good time. We'll have the next chapter up for you next week. And if you'd like to join our Facebook, check out the link on the Podbean page. Thanks. Have a good week.